Welcome to the Mexico Business Now podcast. This is A View from the Top, an open space for industry experts to share knowledge, information, and expertise on the most relevant topics, events, and happenings on their corresponding sectors. Welcome, everyone, to the newest edition of the Mexico Business Now podcast. I'm your host, Sofia Hanna, and here with us today is Andres Castañeda, co-founder and health consultant. Nosotrox is an ONG that works to protect human rights, fight corruption, and promote equality. Its health and wellness division leads two initiatives, Cero Desabasto, Zero Shortages, and Medicos Información, Doctors in Training. Through research-based initiatives, Nosotrox aims to empower both doctors and patients. Andres, we're so happy to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. No, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Andres, before we start with all the questions I have planned for you, I wanted to give you some space to introduce yourself, Nosotrox, and your role within it. Sure. Thank you. Well, Nosotrox is with an X at the end because we try to be inclusive. And it's because we're a movement of collective demands for human rights. And we try to fight inequality, corruption. And we do this using the existing laws and institutions that we have in Mexico with a clear objective of doing this together, together, all organizations as citizens. And you could put this in a romantic way. We try to snatch power of politics from politicians and make it ours as citizens. That's what we mainly do. And we work with systematically vulnerable groups. This is, for instance, We work with domestic workers. We work with digital delivery workers also that are normally have these working conditions that are not as they should. Not all the rights are guaranteed. Specifically, I work in the division of health and wellness, and we work with two main groups or causes that we call them. And one is the shortage of medicines. And the other one is as a vulnerable group, the medical students in Mexico normally face a lot of barriers, violence, abuse, and this is not normally known, but it's something that has been happening for years. So we're working with these specific causes. In the topic of medicine access, we work with two areas. First is the collective, the Zero Shortage Collective. That's a group of more than 100 organizations and patient groups. Maybe later we could talk more about it. And the other area that we work with or the other institution, or no, that's now an, an institution or project, is the Citizen Observatory for Access to Medicine and Health Supplies. That's a more academic approach. It is done with the UNAM, the university, also with the university in Guadalajara and the Colegio de Mexico, that's also another university, and the Mexican Society of Public Health. Also, as long as nosotros, we work together with the objective to guarantee access to everyone in Mexico. Thank you so much for that introduction, Andres. Could you share with us a little about yourself as well? What's your background? Where did you come from? How did you get to Nosotrox? Yeah, sure, sure. I'm a physician. I studied medicine originally. And after that, I started to understand that the health is more than just being a physician in a hospital. So I did a master's on health policy. And after that, I did a master's on behavioral economics. Currently, I'm ending my PhD on health policy also, and I've been working with organizations on the health topic and citizen advocacy as a tool for health. No? Health is a collective good, I could say, and that's what I do. And I've been working with Nosotrox for quite now, 
specifically with the projects we have for years, the Zero Shortage Collective has four years of working as a tool, a citizen's tool, to get this health advocacy and to be civilized the problem now that Mexico, we have been having this problem more acute than in the past. So you kept yourself busy, Andres. <laughs> You're about to finish your PhD? Yes, one year left. Oh, wow, congrats. Now, moving on to the questions, I have a lot of them because I think you have a tough job at Nosotros. I am especially interested in the zero shortages and doctors in training aspect. So I wanted to know what specific issues or practices does the movement criticize within the political system? Our main focus, as I explained, is on giving the citizens the power. We say that Nosotros is a, a political movement, but not in a conventional way. No, Normally, when you hear about a political movement, you used to think on a political party or someone that wants to win elections and get to power. No, we don't look at it that way. We think that we as citizens have power that are stated in the law and in the institutions that we already have. And we want to use this power as citizens, not as a political party, to make our rights a guarantee. And in these specific topics, in the Zero Shortage Collective, we have been experiencing more shortage than usual. In Mexico, we have a complex health system. We have a lot of subsistence. There's a lot of inequality. There's not only one system. There are a lot of systems. But in the past years, because of the changes in the government and how medicines are acquired, we have been experiencing more shortage than usual. So we have a methodology where we organize ourselves. So first we inform and get informed. No, we inform people and get informed ourselves and how much a problem this is and what are the origins of the problem, who are involved. After that, we organize. So this is like the key part. We organize and that's why it's a collective. It's not only one organization. There are a lot of organizations and patient groups with different perspectives, with different needs, but with the same objective. That's the access to medicines. And after that, we demand we demand that the government do the work that need to be done to guarantee the rights of everyone in Mexico. So taking this on, on account, like these three steps that we usually use, we fix small goals. No? This is part also of the methodology. Imagine this as a, as a little stair. No? So we have a big, big goal at the end, but we need to be going step by step together. This is complex because it's a long-term job, but since you have like an easy, well, it's not that easy, but an reachable goal, you go step by step. In, in this sense, we have tools to do this. No? We also with the digital area, it's easier to get organized. We have organizations all around Mexico. We have representations in nine states. And yes, we organize and inform using a digital platform. Also, we have a chatbot in WhatsApp where people can report when they are not receiving their medicines and also when health professionals don't have the tools they need to do their work. So in this this platform, that's zerodesabasto.com, zeroshortage.com, people can report. And we then with this information do two things. The first one is that we send this information directly to the institutions, to the persons responsible of guaranteeing this access. So we ask the institutions who is uh, responsible of access to medicines there, and we send this information depending on the state and their institution that we got the report. And also we control statistically and can see what's the tendency. For instance, we're lately having 
a really big, big problem and the access to mental health medicines and psychiatric and neurological pharmaceutical goods. And we detect this since last year before this problem like got really evident and we try to do something you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't we have had also this story around medicines for patients that have a transplant an organ transplant in Puebla and Tlaxcala also at the beginning of the year we saw this tendency because of our reports and the organizations in Puebla help us to put focus and to alert authorities about this problem and we like to think that this make things easier and the problem solve faster if we weren't there. No? Right. And within all these matters, does the movement have to address problems related to corruption or abuse of power within Mexico? Sure. This is a topic that's complex because of that precisely. But this is a social controlling also tool, no? because it's a way of visualizing where there is shortage. And if there is shortage, it's because someone didn't buy the medicines or something happened in the way. So we could start using this data to act as a source of information to face corruption, for instance. No? Also, we do some research strategies. We ask institutions how much prescriptions were completely fulfilled how much there weren't, and we can start comparing between states, between years, between months, and this also could give us an idea on what has been happening. And also this could be used as evidence no, of bad practices, of conflicts of interest, of corruption. We also believe that this is possible because of precisely the collective action. It's not only one organization. Funding comes from different founders and also... Um, Our information is public and we also work trying to demand that this information gets public, not only the information that we generate in our platform, but also the information that we ask the institutions. And in this sense, the observatory that we talked about is making a lot of efforts to make this information really public. We're working now with the disponibility or the prescriptions fulfilled, but we have all the prescriptions In Mexico, in the public system, around the 70% of all the prescriptions data from 2017 to date, that's a lot of information, but we're working to systematize it and to make it useful to generate indicators that could lead us to understand how is the trends on access. And also, this could help us to understand what happened. No? If access is being compromised, who's responsible and what were the mechanisms that led us there? Of course, this is incredibly intriguing. However, I think it must be very complicated to be patient enough to wait for tangible results in the long term and being present for the short term results, which leads me to ask if you could discuss the movement's approach to balancing the need for immediate tangible results that can inspire and sustain public support with the long term systematic changes it seeks to achieve in areas such as governance, transparency and accountability. That's a great question, Sophia, because you could get really frustrated in the way, no doubt, no? It's a really complex problem. But I think one of the key secrets is to have human rights as a compass at the end, no? When, when you get a bit little lost and when you start to have problems with which decision, which way to go, having human rights as a compass is like the main key. And also... We work with a lot of organizations. So this is complex because everyone has different needs. Priorities. Priorities and the problems that are acute, as you said, like right now we're having this problem. I don't care about the long-term problem, but now our patients aren't having their medicines. So that's a big problem. No? Or for instance, now the non 
cancellation. A lot of organizations are, are worried about this and it's something that's happening now. And if we had a problems in the way, well, we also have this problem now. So we have to balance on. And, and yes, we work as a group. You know, we try to divide responsibilities and this is helpful because sometimes these problems can be led by organizations that are locally working with affected people and using the tools of the collective, using the tools of Nosotros, this can expand our capabilities. No, That's mainly our, our idea. We don't want to be there always. We want to generate capabilities of the local organizations and tools that can be used by everyone to demand their rights. And this had worked sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes you really need to be there. But sometimes it does. It does and our platform can be used as actually a tool for everyone. That's the main goal. And also what works is what I told you previously, having these little steps clear. So going step by step helps not to get that frustrated. And also when priorities are changing, it's easy to see which way to go. Right. And I would like to add that being a movement that moves in all that we've discussed, which can be easy, especially given that when it comes to health, there is outrage when capabilities aren't sufficient or fulfilling their supposed functions. So how can movements such as Nosotros navigate the delicate balance between the pursuit of radical change at the potential risk of destabilizing institutions, social order, or even exacerbating the existing divisions within society? This is a, a big, big problem. And I will add to that. The problem of legitimization, like having a legit demand, because there's a lot of conflict of interest, right? And the government has been saying, no, these guys are funded, not in our case, but in some cases, no? these guys are being funded by the industry and they only want to sell medicines and no. So that's something real. Also, patient groups have been suspicious. So it's a lot of work to get their confidence, to be clear in our messages But as I said previously, the key is to use human rights as our compass. We don't care of anything else. Our main goal, what binds us together, all our actions are directed through human rights. So if we have all this clear in all our communication, in all our actions, it is difficult to get lost. And also in this same sense, it's, it's something that everyone agrees. The government has the same goal organizations have the same goal even in the health industry has the same goal at the end and that makes it easy to instead of divide to work together no so having this simple objective so clear for everyone makes it easy to avoid getting in problems around division and political political shenanigans i don't know how to say it in, <laughs> in english but yeah what's not really important that was whatever. perfect <laughs> I love the political shenanigans. So before I start closing with your final thoughts, Andres, could you elaborate on the role of education and awareness building within Nosotros movement strategy and how it aims to empower individuals to critically analyze the existing power structures and actively participate in shaping the country's future? Sure. This is the key goal in, in, in Nosotrox, along with the collective actions and the different collectives that we work with. We have this course that's called LEAD, Liderazgo para la Innovación en la Democracia, Leadership for the Democratic Innovation. And it's kind of obvious, but it isn't, no? to learn how the government works, what is the role of ourselves as citizens, which are the laws, the institutions that can we use to defend our rights to demand that they are completely fulfilled and this is a really really important part we have had more than 600 citizens 
already involved in this course. And we have to replicate this methodology because it's a methodology that has been working in a lot of states or communities in a really local, sometimes local reach. But it is important because everyone can use them. This is our main goal. A real democracy, it's a democracy because we all participate. And our participation shouldn't be limited to the election day. So we can use all these institutions and laws to actually get our rights fulfilled. Thank you so much, Andres. I have two more questions for you. Taking into consideration everything we have talked about here today, if you could give one piece of advice to our audience listening, what would you tell them? What would be use your power. We shouldn't be afraid of political power, not in the sense of political shenanigans, of political power as citizens. We have ways to make our rights being respected, to also raise our voice when we see someone else's rights being affected. And we should use it. Like It's part of our democratic responsibility. And it's not easy. It's not easy because it isn't. But it is easier when we go as a group. In nosotros, we say en bola, no? all together, to do that. And if you could recommend any sort of media content, book, podcast, YouTube channel that has helped you along your way, what would it be? Sure. And there are two books that can be helpful. They're both recent. One, it's called Si Se Puede or It Is Possible by Marshall Gans. This is a Harvard academic that has been working with organization, you know, citizens' organization structures and methodology. Actually, Nosotros methodology is based on his ideas. It's really, really cool. And the other one is If We Want to Win. That's a book by Daniela Campos, and she tells the story of different movements around Latin America that are good stories of how organizing ourselves works. Perfect, Andres. Those were all of my questions, but I would like to give you the space to give one final statement or something you would like to leave our audience with. Sure, that well, also to invite everyone to join our collectives and if they have a specific concern, the doors of Nosotros are always open. Also, if there's someone that can, wants to help with a donation or with some time as volunteer, also, we're always welcoming everyone. Great, Andres. Thank you so much. And for everyone listening, you heard Andres. Go donate your time or whatever you can to this important cause. Go check out what Nosotros is doing on their website and social media. Don't forget to follow us, leave a rating and a review on whichever streaming platform you're using to listen to this podcast. And if you want to learn more about Mexico's business ecosystem, don't miss out on our audio articles written by experts across all industries. And we'll see you next Monday with a new View from the Top. <laughs> <laughs>